Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You're from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, all this market volatility, has it got your attention? Well, I'm sure it has. And those emotions create some concerns about your 401k. And sometimes that's why we, you know, we go out and seek advice. And that advice is not always best. Talking to a financial advisor is it's not always easy. And I know it can be frustrating because you may not have the questions or know the questions that you want to ask, or maybe the language that's used is unclear. And that's not your fault. The advisor needs to help you understand, especially when your emotions are really, really on edge. Market volatility is one of many reasons people find talking to a financial advisor makes good sense. My guest, Jason Harrington, will share with us some reasons and some motives that we've discovered by listening to you, some other reasons that you won't want to do a face-to-face meeting, why you need to talk to an advisor. Also here with me today is Rob Clement, and we're going to discuss a topic that most of us find to be difficult. And I use the word very difficult, especially if you are married and your spouse is not a financial person and you are. Or it's the other way around. You're not the financial person. They are the financial person. And that can be a problem. So you'll find out that it takes a lot more than a loving someone, just loving someone to successfully manage finances as a couple. Money and marriage. It's a topic for everyone, and you don't want to miss it. And finally, in the last segment of the hour, we're going to discuss some very important investment mistakes that you need to avoid, especially during this time of volatility in the market. So you got a lot going on today. You don't want to, you got to stay with us. You got a lot, you know, a lot of information that you'll like to, you know, would like to know. Now, here's something from our Did You Know files. It looks like in the United States of America, we need more people. The Census Bureau published some interesting data recently, and I thought it was great. As of 7-1-2018, July the 1st, 2018, the population of the country has grown a little less than two-thirds of a percent. That's a year-over-year basis. It's the lowest annual growth. You ready for this? Since 1937. That's that's amazing. And, of course, over the last 12 months, this uh, population has grown by 2 million people. It's a combination of 3.86 billion million births, not billion, million, 2.81 million deaths, and 979,000 immigrants. So that's how we only grow. By two-thirds of 1%. The Department of Labor says the number of job openings in the United States has increased by 1.1 million over the last 12 months. I mean, so bottom line is, we're right, you know, it's the whole idea is we got some job openings. If you want to work, that's 1.1 million jobs, so you can go to work. If you've got questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Like us on Facebook. We'll appreciate it. Coming up, Jason Harrington and Rob Clement. When do you need to talk to your financial advisor? And just how do you work around the issues of money and marriage? Don't forget... 
We will share some specific investment mistakes that you want to avoid in the last segment, and you don't want to miss them. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker, Tommy Armstrong, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc., securities dealer. Member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. The fact that market volatility is sometimes creates more emotional problems and issues and we get concerned. And, and so that's why some people say, hey, I got to go talk to my advisor. I got to get some advice because I don't know what to do. But we're going to put that off to the end of the program. We're going to discuss that. We're going to make sure that we dive into some of the emotional things that happen when you're an investor. But the reality is there's some real reasons, real specific reasons that you want to seek out your advisor and go to a face-to-face meeting. And working with a financial advisor should not be anything but an enjoyable experience. It should not be adversarial. It should not be uncomfortable. It should not be somebody talking a language that you don't understand or talking down to you. Anytime you sit down with your advisor, it should be one that you're saying, this is a guy, part of my financial life. He's got this guy or gal, whomever it is, is working me through a process. It's an important part of your life. And that's why I have with me Jason Harrington. Jason, I want to ask you the questions. Here's the big deal. There are events that go on in life, not just, we'll talk about market volatility, but there are events that go on in life that people, it just shakes them to the core. And all of a sudden, they've got to make decisions, and they need advice. Give us some of those things that you've seen in your practice, and people have come to you and said, hey, I need to talk. What are some of those specifically that you can say, this is one that you need to be you know, face-to-face with somebody that's with you, right alongside with you, locked arms with you when it comes to financial decisions? I think, I think one of the things, Jim, is if you or your spouse have a major health change in, in, their, in your health. You have a major health issue. Lots of things happen uh, around major health issues. What your, your job could be affected. Your ability to work could be affected. It could make changes to your income. You could have additional expenses uh, that arise when you're, you have a major health problem. Uh, there's a lot of fear and anxiety. And as you know, if you've ever experienced fear and anxiety, sometimes it switches flip switches in your brain that that can change the way you think. It can make you a little nervous and you make reactionary decisions. You make decisions based off of emotion and not really off of the logic around your finances because you're worried. Um, and so it's good to talk with someone who can help you process those major life changes in a little more systematic way. I think that's a critical point when you say major health changes. And I, I like the fact that you, because that does sometimes trigger just just the decision process breaks down. And I know, you know, biblically we talk about that, seek wise counsel. Um, And that's, you know, the key to that is, or in the multitude of counselors, we make better decisions. And Rob, welcome to the program, sir. I appreciate you being here with us too. And you're going to talk about money and marriage. But, and, and the idea is, Jason has said, reality is you have that health problem and seeking wise counsel should be sometimes that first step. 
Absolutely. By the way, thanks for having me here this yes, morning, sir. Jim. I appreciate it. And uh, what Jason says is absolutely true. Uh, you don't have to live very long to know that health is a very important aspect of our life, and uh, you need to build around you those people that can give you that wise counsel. And and I think God makes us physical, mental, and spiritual, and that physical side is a part that we see so often that it's wearing down, whether uh, you were, as a young person, injured or something in an athletic event or whatever may have happened. It's so important to be able to bring those people around you. I appreciate what you just said, too, You, because I think you took it from being the fact as we age. Granted, aging can create all kinds of financial issues with health changes, but it could be a child. That's diagnosed with cancer or an injury or whatever that creates the problem. Absolutely. I have had clients who have had uh, young children come up with a diagnosis and have to spend time long stays at Le Bonner here locally or or St. Jude. And, you know, they have to stop work, you know, for a minute in order to take care of that. And whereas we have, you know, two great establishments here that help the families out, it puts pressure on, on on the families. And it's, uh, it's good to have an advisor help them. Most, most people don't realize, I think too, Jim, in my, my experience is that most people don't realize the financial potential devastation that a long-term health problem can cause. I think they think that's a bump in the road, uh, but it's not a financial bump in the road. You know, you mentioned that, uh, Jason. If you just tuned in, we're talking with Jason Harrington and Rob Clement, and our dis- first subject today that we're talking about is reasons to contact your financial advisor. And, and I think what you just made a great point. It's kind of like, you know, something happens. We talk about health, whether it's a senior adult, maybe it's your parents that you're having to deal with, maybe it's you, or maybe it's a child. The point is... All of a sudden, it's it's created, and you're thinking, and you use the word bump in the road. I think sometimes it can be so devastating to us that we're frozen in yes, the road. Absolutely. Just don't know what to do, and that's when you seek advice, and it's good to have that advisor that can come to alongside you who's prepared, who knows your situation, not somebody you're having to break at, in. At those frozen moments— where you're where you're just paralyzed in the middle of the road, that's when a lot of your bad decisions start to happen. Great and point. so it's good to have an advisor there. Yeah, and just a springboard back to start young. Find somebody in your younger years that can walk through life with you. That's a great point. That's, great... that's so important to have somebody that can you can go to and you know you can seek that wise that's, counsel. That is a great point. Jason, what's another reason besides just health? I mean, obviously, we could spend quite a bit of time. We could go into many, many different ways looking at the health issues. But what's another reason that you might say, whoa, time out, let me get some advice here? That, this seems simple and pretty basic. People do it every day, uh, and a lot of times they do it without – thinking in the context of their overall financial plan. But if you're thinking about selling your home, buying a a new home or refinancing uh, your home, that's a good time to sit down with your advisor and see how does this new purchase uh, affect my overall net worth? How does this new debt that I may take on affect my long-term plans? What about my new mortgage payment? Are my interest rates in line with what's fair and reasonable given the marketplace that we're in today? Um, and a lot of people do those, make that purchase as if that's uh, another purchase, like you know, buying a, a pair of jeans. Um, but that's a that's 
often a very large asset in someone's the, overall. The largest, the largest purchase that we're going to make. That's right. So that's a great, great point. All right, we talked about health. We talked about making a, a, the most substantial purchase that a lot of people will make in their lifetime, their home, buying or selling. So if you here, here's, I guess, another one. I'm thinking as you say that, you've mentioned this a little bit, losing a job. If right. all of a sudden you find yourself that you've been downsized, you're part of that downsizing or early retirement or whatever, to me, that would be a time when I should, oh, I'd want to seek some counsel and some advice and, and know that I'm getting wise counsel, not just counsel, not selling me something, but kind of giving me counsel without some predetermined methodology or motive, but just good counsel. Absolutely. Whenever... When you lose your job, that's a major, major life event. And again, we talked a little bit about uh, the health issue and the emotions that go into that. But losing your job is one of the more emotional circumstances that you'll go through and uh, that you could go through. And there are some things that you need to do right away that are important to kind of you know, plug in the hole in the in the boat for a little bit. Um, and then there's some things that you need to look at down three months, six months, and a year as you settle the waters a little bit and start to prepare to go out into the job force and find uh, your next job. But that can be a very taxing time on the family. There's an enormous amount of anxiety that goes around that. And I think it's very helpful. And one of the real joys of what we do is when – Someone is going through that, being able to sit next to them, hold their hand and say, hey, we, we've got a plan for this. We put things in place that would help you get through a, a major life problem like this. You know, that's a great point. I had someone in the office one time we were doing through that issue. It's just, a, you know, we'd spent 25 years working together. And the whole reality is when the Ogate crisis occurred, just the assurance that as we, we kind of they knew it. But it was nice to look at it oh, yeah. and have it explained to them. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah, just, you forget when yeah. you're in the moment of, exactly. of the fear. You forget that you're prepared, and you need someone to remind, remind you. you. That. And that's the time. That's a good reason to sit down. I know marital status change can also be an effect for people. Death or a divorce can really have someone a reason to sit down with an advisor. Absolutely. If you if and and I'm gonna I'm gonna start at the beginning of of the marriage cycle. We are currently in the process of putting together, uh, talking about something very similar to what we're going to talk about later on in the show with money and marriage and how do the young couples start to uh, have the conversation about money in context of now we have to think about each other. Um, And so if you're thinking about getting married, uh, it's good to sit down and at least one of the couples come to the table, to the marriage, kind of prepared and having a little bit of a financial knowledge, whether that's the husband or wife. I mean, it's different. As you said earlier in the show, it's, it's different. Sometimes it's the husband, sometimes it's the, it's the wife, but uh, to talk to someone early on in that marriage to help uh, bridge the gap between I've lived life by myself. Now I live life with uh, someone else. How do we combine finances? That's a great point. And that's, uh, that's so, so important. 
Rob, I think one of the biggest issues, as I mentioned in the monologue, that so many people are intimidated. They, the, the, the language that sometimes we use, and we try to do this show to, to help people understand. And, you know, we've got a listening audience that are very dedicated and very much involved with us, and they're quick to tell us when we've gone too deep or something. And I think that's important. And so in reality, to help, help me understand what to tell someone if they're thinking, as, as Jason has very clearly defined, there's some reasons, and we've talked about you know those specific reasons. But how do you how do you know how do you choose an advisor? How does somebody who's looking saying, okay, how do I go about it? Sure, uh, and I think uh, one of the f- starting points that I see most often is, uh, you know, it, we're all made with different personalities, and advisors are the same. Jason's different than you are. I'm different than you are. So. As a individual and as a couple, you want to find someone that you see fits who you are, and uh, and that is a, I think that a lot of people that I've seen make the mistake of just saying, well, this is the person I need to go to just because a friend went there. Right. So it doesn't necessarily make it the right person for you. So you need to sit down and see how that person works. Are you talking about being comfortable with the person? Is that what you're meaning? I'm saying absolutely. You need to be able to see that person adds that value to you and your spouse as you're working on these critical areas and these events that can come in a person's life like Jason was talking about earlier. Rob, I I agree with you. When, When we're, I remember early in my career, us talking and um, I think one of the often overlooked um, traits of an advisor is, do I like them? Um, Can I be your friend? Uh, Sometimes we tend to want to pick an advisor based on, do they have the knowledge or do they have a a fancy building or, or, you know, what's the name of the the place that they work with? And I think at the end of the day, when you walk in to um, our office and if you were to sit down with one of our advisors, the number one thing that I'd want to know uh, when that client walked out of the door is, did you enjoy your 30 minutes or an hour? Did you laugh? Did you connect? Do you do you believe that the person on the other side of the table understands who you are uh, and what you want to do? Guys, I appreciate what you're saying, and I, and I do agree with you 100%. But at the end of the day, I can have a great relationship, have a lot of fun, laughed a lot at a meeting. But if I'm incompetent, guys, or the advisor's incompetent, I I don't think that's what I want. So help me. I appreciate what you said. I agree with you 100%. Relationship, relationship, relationship is important because you've got to trust the individual. But tell me some specifics, Rob. Give me a specific that you I'm, – I'm so concerned sometimes we speak a language that is difficult to understand. And we don't mean to, but we'll talk about – the S curve. We'll talk about you know volatility without explaining it. What what do we? How do you pull all that together? What yeah. are some things to look for? Let me just pick a word, uh, two words that we said here in our earlier conversation. We use the term net worth. I think those are things when you're sitting down with an advisor. It's uh, you should be able to say, no, wait a minute, Jim, Jason, tell me what what does net worth really mean? How do I know what my net worth is? So it starts, again, with that early relationship, and that person, uh, I would describe it like a doctor with his bedside manner. 
making sure making sure that you are understanding the relationship. So then you would springboard into that is, well, first of all, I'd want to know from the advisor, how do you get paid from our relationship here? So there ought to be a clear way of hearing, hey, are we fee-based? Are we commission-only? How is your salary that you make from our relationship going to happen? And just ask. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. There's, I, I encourage clients to always ask. No question's unfair. Specifically with regard to competency, too, there are ways that clients can pretty quickly at least gauge early on the competency level of an advisor or a firm they're working with. I mean, they can look at licensing and ask about, you know, hey, how, what kind of license do you have? Um, and there are a variety of licenses out there that would give an advisor the ability to counsel on different things. You can uh, look at the structure of their firm. Are they a, a, a planning firm? Do they have CFPs on board, certified financial planners on board, which for the those listening out there may have heard of a CFP, but that's the equivalent of a an MD uh, in our world. That would be your not, highest. Not the equivalent of an MD, but for our yeah, world, for our it's world, person, it's, it's it's a person yeah. that's been committed to I education. Hear, I can see our MD clients <laughs> rolling over right. Yeah, now that, that's true. No, no offense to them, but <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, what I mean by that is that that is a uh, that's someone who's committed to and he's done uh, an education and, and they've, they've done a lot. Of, they've committed to some longer term right. uh, testing process and. And they've been educated. So you, a, a client can come in and ask those questions, kind of how are you set up, what kind of license do you, you have? You know, let me ask this, because I think the term I've used before is we've discussed things like suitability mm-hmm. or fiduciary. And to me, those are key to knowing what you're actually hiring. Rob, help me with that. What is suitability? Absolutely. Suitability is just like the name implies. It's, uh, it's making sure that your investments fit for you. And that are you the type of person that is uh, a more risky person or a least risky person? And so when we go to suitability, we are actually making sure that in every aspect that, uh, and I call it the sleep factor. Mm. When you go to bed at night, are you waking up with all of a sudden in the middle of the night thinking, wow, did I lose a lot of money yesterday? Uh, and and if you're waking up, you need to be calling your advisor because no advisor wants that kind of commentary about he or she as an advisor. So I, I get that. So suitability, meaning that you're suitable, as you said, making sure that that person that's purchasing that product, usually suitability, talked about commission, right. is that you're suitable for buying that commission at that time. Right. That exactly. makes great sense. And you can rest assured that that person met all those suitable requirements at that time. Well, what's the difference, Jason, if a person's a fiduciary? Fiduciary is going to be a much higher level of accountability from the on the advisor standpoint, because what a fiduciary does is acts and operates and counsels in the absolute best interest of the client and what they're trying to get done. So it's a little more than, is this product okay? A lot of people can fall into that bucket. Okay. Um, but this says, is this okay for you, given your overall objectives, given your overall uh, financial picture? Is this the right thing for you to do? Uh, long term. 
Well, if you just tuned in, my guest is Jason Harrington and Rob Clement. We've just discussed reasons to talk to your advisor and how to leave, you know, what questions you should ask when you're selecting an advisor. We've covered from, you know, the whole idea of a health change. You're buying a home. You've lost your job. Your marital status has changed. All of those are reasons that you want to get face to face with somebody and you're seeking wise counsel. And these guys said it's about relationship, a lot about relationship and trust. They've given us some extra. You want to listen to this later. Just go to the iTunes store and type in Shoemaker Financial. You can listen to this program again. I've got some great conversation coming up in a few minutes because we're going to talk about money and marriage. Do they mix? (laughs) You're going to find out. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, just remind you, coming up in the last segment of the program, we're going to give you some mistakes to avoid with all this volatility going on. Now, we've seen three days that we've had the upside of the market. Don't think that's not going to say that maybe the next three days it could go the other way. Volatility is a part of the market, and you need to know some mistakes that you need to avoid, and that's in the last segment of the program. But before we get to this, we're going to talk about a subject dear to my heart because it's money in marriage. And literally years and years ago, I married this absolutely beautiful lady called my girlfriend who ultimately became my wife. And I found out real quickly that we did not think the same way. I believed that you could take the buffalo nickel and squeeze it tight enough and I could get the buffalo to sit down. She thought if you went to the grocery store or to the market, she didn't care. Buy it anyway. No problems. It was easy. Completely different. By the way, after many, many years of marriage, guess what? You lost. I'm now the one that's hanging on and doing, I mean, going out and spending. I go to Walmart today, and I got a $100 bill before I walk out. I don't know what it is. I got to go to some Walmartaholic, you know, type of uh, anonymous deal to go through and say, I am, you know, I spend too much. But I spend money today, and guess who squeezes the buffalo? She squeezes the buffalo till the buffalo sets down. So it's different. So, Rob, I know so many people think it's a fairy tale. You know, you get married, it all works together, money this and money that. But we know that in our counseling that we've done, and Jason, that we've done for years, money and marriage is a tough, tough subject. So help me with it. Tell me what's going on with that, Rob. Wait a minute, Jim. Aren't you saying that love conquers all? Well, I think so. At least that's <laughs> okay. what I was told, but yeah. it hadn't worked out in my marriage. Yeah, from your description from back uh, with uh, those <laughs> earlier years into now, wow. Yeah. But yeah, with what uh, what happens with most couples is that we start with that uh, euphoric attitude that, hey, everything is fine, and we go through those uh, wooing years and get into our marriage, and we find that we're different. And with differences, uh, doesn't make it one person right and the other person wrong. It's just that we're different. And that's where I believe relationships get stronger. If you're both alike, you wouldn't need one of you. 
So nice it's fact. it's a, it, it needs to be a case where you recognize those differences add to strengths. And so what we see, particularly in our counseling, is that helping people recognize and strengthen their marriage, particularly because money is such a critical part of our life and everything we do, we are somewhere focused on money, whether it's being able to meet the grocery bills for the week or whether it's being able to plan a vacation. It's all about money. And then when those children come in, it's making sure those children understand the stewardship and how to handle the money that comes to them. So it, it is all about that. And, you know, and I'm going to use the word love in a, in a little different sense here with an acronym. So we know that when you listen, the L of love, you really are beginning to tune in to your spouse. And then as you described your relationship with your wife, you begin to overlook those different areas that each of you have. I wish and that's she would not do easy. That. I wish she would do that with it's me. It's not easy. But so you're, you're right. listening, you're <laughs> overlooking, and then the V is value. You turn around and you value that person. There's a book that was written many years ago called The One Minute Manager. And that manager is always good about coming back after they've reprimanded somebody and telling them, you know what, Jim, I know you have the abilities and the skills to go ahead and do this, so I want to encourage you to move on ahead. So that E is encouragement, too. So you listen, you overlook, you value, and you encourage, and that just builds a marriage. So, so Rob, I, I hear you. That, that love acronym is so good. I mean, I like that. Listen, overlook, value, and encourage. So what you're telling me that I think love, we, we have a tendency to think love, if we did that, conquers everything. But but you kind of pulled it together saying, okay, in reality, loving someone does not always just, it takes more than just loving someone. It, it's, the, it's the start. But so many times that fantasy of that's going to take care of everything, reality is in our relationships with managing money, Love's not always, it takes hard work. Absolutely, no. I, Lots I, of hard work. Would totally agree with you, and uh, and that's hard work for both of the individuals in a marriage. You know, when you use the word, the acronym, I, I like that so much, love, and I, I think that that's really a shared value type thing. That's two people, I mean, love doesn't just go in a one-way street. It needs to go out and come back, and I think that's when you're beginning to really appreciate all the differences that we talk about when we say you overlook things, the differences that partners have in their diverse viewpoint. When I squeeze the buffalo till the buffalo sets down, the nickel till the buffalo sets down, that was a I was way too tight. And and she was frivolous at the time when we first got married. So that we were diverse, as you said. We had a different idea. And and you're right, love didn't just twinkle our nose and say we got it. You really had to work at it. We had to find some common ground, and, uh, and and we've done that over 46 years. And the reality is it was not easy, but much, much, you know, as far as the much of a reward in spending the time. But, uh, Jason, because I, I think so many times we don't talk about this, when I say, you know, you had to work at it, it takes two to work at it. What's What's the... What do you see that people don't do sometimes that really creates a problem? Uh, you know, Rob mentioned you both guys, both you guys have talked about this, that, that it's hard. Uh, talking about money and in, in context of your marriage is hard. And we as humans tend to avoid difficult things. We tend to either postpone them or put them off or just, you know, maybe act like they're not 
not even there. And, uh, you know, I've found today that we'll talk about them in couples. We'll talk about almost anything with your spouse. I mean, there's no off limit subject, but then when it comes to your money, it can be a bit of a taboo conversation. And because it's hard and because money can be a little bit taboo from time to time that we find that couples just don't talk about their finances. They, they're just silent about it. Uh, and, and what you see is that that's either a, a reaction of, I'm afraid of how my wife may react to certain financial situations. So I want to, uh, under the guides of being a man, I want to protect her from that. So I'm not going to talk to her about that. Or my wife wants to ask me, you know, a question about our finances and she's intimidated by that. And so she doesn't want to do it. So you just, you practice this money silence in your marriage and that can be very damaging. You know, you, you mentioned that. I can remember having a couple come in one time, and I was listening, and that, that, that you could tell in this particular situation, uh, the spouse, the wife, w- was just silent. And, I mean, not saying anything. He was dominating most of the conversation. And, and I just asked, I said, you know, what would you like to say? I just asked that question. And, I mean, as soon as I asked, I knew I said, you know, I punched a button. Oh, yeah. And so she started talking, and it didn't take me long to kind of feed that. And after you've done this for quite some time, you know how to get people to talk. And and I was trying to get to see what was she really driving at. And, you know, it was amazing because you kind of mentioned this. The reality is that silence mindset that she was practicing, she had learned that from her mom. Yes. Because her mom would not confront her dad. And her dad was a dominating, you know, type of... We're going to do it this way. He had a budget for everybody in the house but him. Right. And and she lived under that, and it had transferred generationally to her. I mean, he was not at all like her dad. But he, the reality was that ment- mentality, and you could see into, you know, today, they're great at conversation. And she's learned that she can participate in a financial discussion and not be penalized for it. And that is a part of this whole idea of money and marriage. Absolutely. And and when you do see that communication chain finally open up, uh, and we have seen this in, in marriages in our office all the time, the, you start to repair hurt feelings, uh, you start to increase the communication pattern, and you start to set an example for the next generation oh, absolutely. that is uh, that is open about discussing money. And my, you're teaching the next generation. The next generation. My, yeah. I, I've, I've, I've seen that happen in our office. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. When we come back, I want to cover one subject that before we get into the mistakes to avoid. Avoiding conflict. And, and it's, people have a tendency to say, I'm just going to avoid it. I want to hear your thoughts on that, Rob, and how you've counseled people through that or some of the things you've seen. You just tuned in. My guests, Rob Clement and Jason Harrington, we're talking right now about money and marriage, and we find out that it's not just a love, love doesn't conquer all. It's hard work. And money and marriage means it's got to share some values, and we've talked about love, listen, overlook, value, and encourage. Great acronym for us to take away today. We'll be back in just a minute. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. The last decade of the 19th century saw a wave of incorporations of towns within Shelby County, such as Madison Heights, Binghampton, and Idlewild. 
Memphis city officials saw this as a major public health issue, the horrific yellow fever epidemic in 1878 still being fresh on their minds. To prevent the recurrence of an epidemic, the city worked hard to improve garbage collection, install modern restrooms, replace wood with gravel and the roadways, and most importantly, build a modern sewer system. These changes were neither fast nor cheap, and many Memphians were very anxious over the thought of smaller towns being near Memphis that could not afford a proper level of sanitation control. After much political wrangling between the city and state legislature, an annexation measure was passed, making these communities part of the city of Memphis. The annexation put to rest the concerns over public health felt by those who had gone through the horror of the yellow fever epidemic 10 years earlier and doubled the size of the city. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Life insurance products contain fees such as mortality and expense charges and may contain restrictions such as surrender periods. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Money and marriage. It doesn't always, may it's not all in vinegar. You can get it to mix. I mean, you can talk about money if you're married. Uh, It just may, in some cases, be a strain. We've talked about the fact that, you know, loving someone successfully doesn't give you, you know, I mean, having a great relationship and and the love side doesn't always make managing money together easy. It's hard work. So that's understandable. And you got to share some values. Rob gave us the acronym LOVE, LISTEN, OVERLOOK. Value and encourage, L-O-V-E. And then we, Jason talked about the fact that sometimes we just get caught up and we just, we just don't talk about it. We just go into this silent mode. We, we fail to talk openly, communicate openly, and it's sometimes generationally, and it money silence, and that doesn't help anybody when you— I mean, I could always tell, guys, when, when Miss Linda would get upset with me, she got silent, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Silent I mean, treatment. Oh, why is that? I don't, yeah. why know, is I don't know, but I just know that's, you know, and I'd go, baby, okay? Yes. <laughs> you know, no. I'm going, no, that's not good. So that's what we have a tendency to do is we just avoid that whole problem. But that's not avoiding conflict, Rob. Avoiding conflicts is much more serious. Absolutely. In fact, a CNBC study a few years back talked about mistakes made in marriages, and 80% of spouses admitted to hiding some financial problems or purchases from their partners. Now, why would they do that? Because of what you just described. Some people are very good at debating. Maybe they were debaters in school, and they learned that skill of debating where others are not as good on communicating or feel intimidated by that. So our primary motivation here is to help people avoid fighting in the hopes that we can get to the root of the problem, and particularly when it comes to finances. Do you find that people will either, one, they'll advance the ball and want to talk more about it, or they'll go back and they'll retreat. I'd be curious to see a follow-up study as to how many of those situations that they thought was going to cause a conflict, had they 
that had they communicated would have been, oh, no big deal, you know, let's, but well, you know, we but made the, it a conflict because we, yeah, we hit that's it. that's a great point. I was counseling a couple of years and years ago, and the, and the reality was as we were going through this process, it became obvious that one of the one of the partners had made some purchases over a period of time. And in this process, one of the spouses, in this process, we were going through that. And we were not that specific, but you could tell and uh, that this particular person was struggling because they did not want to admit they were avoiding the conflict. And as we begin to peel this onion back and, and uh, you know, help them through that process, uh, it was a revelation. And honestly, it was strengthened their marriage. Sure. But they had, they had, they, they literally took the time to move forward to stop avoiding the conflict and engaging in financial conversation. And that's literally, you know, it produced a healthy and I actually, I think it increased their, their relationship intimately. They, they just became a better couple as a result of that willingness to not avoid the conflict, but to confront it. So I was being a counselor somewhat. Sure. I mean, a lot of what goes on in marriage and money, especially with a financial advisor, is being an an agent to have that conversation. Once you break that seal, so to speak, and you promote communication amongst uh, a husband and a wife, nothing really bad is going to come from that. Only good is going to come from that. You're going to increase relationship. I would not want to think that my wife is it would be afraid to talk to me about something. But we do have those things. And when we finally talk about them, especially around money, we get closer together. We're that's on good. the same boat and, and our marriage improves. Well, I think that's what we as advisors do. Sometimes we're financial advisors. Sometimes we're financial counselors, and, right. and that's okay. And uh, money and marriage means that we're involved with people in the nasty now and now, and that's reality. That's what that's we right. do. When we come back, we are going to give you some things you must avoid, mistakes that you must avoid with all of this volatility going in the market. You do not want to miss this segment coming up. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Shoemaker Financial and Securian Financial Services do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome back. We have discussed some very important, from the idea, you know, the whole idea is how do you go about some things that you need to talk in front of somebody, a financial advisor. Now we find out it's a financial counselor. All that's important. Then we talked about money and marriage and squeezing the buffalo nickel till the buffalo sets down and how so different we are. Rob gave us an acronym, L-O-V-E, and we walked through that process. And now, mistakes. You want to avoid when it comes to all this volatility. When you're an investor, whether it's your 401k plan or you're saving for college education or you're saving for additional money for retirement, what must you avoid? Talk to me, Rob. You ever gone and seen a children's sporting event, either baseball, soccer or something, and they all chase the ball. Oh, I love it when they yeah, do they, that. They, they, those, those five, those, six like little are the all beehive. going after the ball, right? Yeah. You can tell where the ball is. Right. The kids right. Are there. That's yep. called following the herd. 
So you want to be careful about following the herd. There's times, maybe it's a car. I've talked to you before about a car, and we've talked about what we liked and so about a car. I like your advice. It's also washing machines. I didn't talk to you about a washing machine, but, you know, we've had to change out and get a new washer. So we called our daughter-in-law, called our daughter, found out what they liked about it. Now, what we learned from that is we have to make our own decision. And with that, the most important thing is to be careful as to what news reports you're reading and what information you're gathering. So we're really wanting to be disciplined about our decisions on finances. So what you're saying is, I mean, it's one thing to say, well, this machine was okay or that car was okay or that whatever. I love the idea of the, the analogy of the kids running around, everybody's chasing the ball. We get caught up in that. But what you're saying is basically that Past performance doesn't always give you the indication that that's future performance. So whatever did good last week and everybody's talking about doesn't mean you go jump on that bandwagon because that's what was done last week. So be careful with that. But you said discipline. Explain that to me. What do you mean by discipline? A discipline approach is not only in finances but in life. You you do not just want to go out there and make a helter-skelter decision. Good point. So you you working off of that, like you described earlier, that plan that says, hey, this may intersect my life, but it's not going to change my plan. I may tweak my plan a little bit, but I'm disciplined in my approach to follow the advice of my financial advisor and stick with my plan. All right. So I heard two things. Be disciplined. Avoid the news reports. Those are things. Don't, you know, past performance doesn't always, I said that, past performance doesn't always indicate future results. And so following the herd is a mistake that people make because it's just our nature. We started as five and six years old, you know, running after the ball. I got it. Jason, help me with this because that one is so easy. I can almost say I see that one. What's the second mistake people make? I think the second thing is is just being overly emotional about what's going on in the marketplace or about your investments. And since 2008, the the general investing population, the psychology of the investor has changed a little bit. Uh, we see a market downturn, uh, like we've seen in the past, you know, couple of days, a couple of weeks, and people start to brace themselves for this major catastrophic event. And really, what people are seeing as as risk is really just normal volatility that the market uh, is is doing, and, and we need that. Mar- the market's going to go up. The market's going to go down. Not every uh, downtick of the market is a is a catastrophic event. But um, so being careful with what you hear on the news, you got to turn the TV off mm. uh, sometimes, and just uh, and know that uh, that the things that are happening in many cases are just the normal movement of the market. So when you say turn the TV off, so put volatility, kind of get it out of your mind. Get it out of your mind. It's it's working for you. It, it's a it's a good thing to have. All right, to what then do you look at? What If you're going to put that out of your mind, I mean, let's talk about what do you focus on. Your main focus should be your end goal. Okay. Uh, what is your long-range financial plan? Circle back to your financial plan. And if you don't have a financial plan, then certainly the emotions of the market are going to be affect you more. Uh, the herd mentality is going to affect you. You don't have to follow others if you're following your plan. Mm. Uh, and so 
uh, I think the first thing to do is to circle back to your financial plan. Well, I, th- I think that's so critical. We talked about, uh, you know, following the herd and to, to be disciplined. And you actually said strategically look at what you're trying to do. Then Jason says, you know, I think this psychology of investing is changed, has changed. And I think it's the the emotional side. Boy, the media is not so much interested in reporting news as it is to get eyeballs to be focused on your your ears to be listening to the to this worst thing in the world that could be happening. And I think that's a time that maybe we've not learned yet how to handle it, the psychology of that. So I think if we could tell people to focus short term, you said that midterm and long term, more on the long term type of investment. And not let this volatility market, volatile market, the volatility in the market really create a problem. I'll give you a a great example of how the media just uh, can be a little bit misleading. I saw on a news report yesterday, it was a big graph on on one of the news channels, and it showed a big red line, and it was stretched out over this long graph. And I was like, wow, that's that's interesting. I got up there and looked, and it was over like a three-month period graph. (laughs) But at first glance, I'm like, oh, my goodness, the market's crazy. Went back and looked at a 10-year graph, and it's – yeah, the, it's, it's up like 10 percent yeah, right. you know dramatically but, but the viewing if you just looked at it the visual was we're in we're in a really bad situation and i think that is so critical for us to understand and be aware of all right we've been discussing with jason harrington and rob clement marriage and money reasons to contact your advisor the reality is you just need to sit down and evaluate what you're doing. Money and marriage is a great topic. Maybe it's just having a financial counselor or maybe working with an advisor to keep this mindset of volatility out of your mind. Move it. Get it away from you. Just don't do it. And I appreciate the fact that each everybody, you guys have done a great job. Thank you for today. All right. You've been listening, of course, to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. My guest, as I said, Jason Harrington, Rob Clement. If you would like to talk with them personally, call them at 757-5757. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. As always, thanks for listening. We appreciate you participating with us. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and research for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. We would appreciate it. I'm Jim Shoemaker. My guest, Rob Clement, Jason Harrington. Thank you for listening. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Jason Harrington are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer. Member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Rob Clement is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.